0: This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
1: Here we go, Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We're off and running in uh, like three cups of coffee-like fashion here today. That's, That's a good thing. I think that Daniel Salerson and I, by the way, hi, Sean Sean Kelly over here in Studio (laughs) B. uh, I think we probably need the three cups of coffee after the week we've had with the Pelicans out on the West Coast and the Saints now back home. It's been a busy week to say the least, but we've got a good Friday show for you to wrap up the uh, busy week on the Black and Blue Report. It'll be Sam Amick from USA Today. He covers the NBA. And then Kenny Albert, who is going to call the game on Fox on Sunday. Uh, he and Moose will be on the, the uh, telecast, uh, part of the early package for Fox, and uh, we all would love having Kenny Albert on, so two great guests today. Uh, Daniel, what a week.
2: I'm trying to figure out, now it turns into game day or not game day, and we're well, trying to figure out guests, and then what yes. day it is. I'm like, I don't know what this, where we're talking about. This time of
1: year, there is no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. For,
2: it's either game day or not game day. And luckily, these last two games have been no game day. Right,
1: so <laughs> today is no game day, uh, but... The next two days after that, Saturday, game day, Sunday, game day. Um, And then we'll be back here on Monday for the Black and Blue Report. Never stops. um, I think part of the news today is the transactions. Look, uh, check out neworleanssaints.com, Saints Saints mobile app. There's some Saints uh, issues going there, including Jolan Dunbar's return to the New Orleans Saints. We'll see what that kind of an impact has. And then on the Pelicans side, the Pelicans yesterday waived Nate Robinson. There are a couple of reports out there that Tony Douglas is coming back. Tony was released uh, just a little short time ago from his training camp team, if you will, but uh, Tony Douglas is going to kind of come in and help bolster the point guard position uh, while we're still waiting for Norris Cole and Tyreek Evans to come in. So keep an eye on your Pelicans mobile app for that today uh, as well. So there are some personnel things going on with the two teams, as we get set for uh, both of those big games this weekend. And, uh, and also, uh, Daniel, you just showed me the, the Christmas Day uniforms yeah. now for the NBA. Look which good. involves New Orleans, yes. Let's see, how would we describe them? First of all, they're not shirt sleeves. That's a big win. Yes. Um, I think we're both in agreement on that. So, the game shorts for the Pelicans are going to look very much like their normal road shorts. The dark blue with the gold kind of panel down the sides and then the wing logo at the bottom of the shorts. The jersey, though, and these and, and all the jerseys are kind of have the same look. Um, let's call it old school holiday script like think back like calligraphy
2: kind of like a fancy mm, it's a cursive, cursive yeah
1: but it but it's like think back to all the classic holiday movies and that cursive in that like in it's a wonderful life or even in a christmas story you know a time mm-hmm. gone by where the storefront would say happy holidays in kind of that cursive yeah. well that's kind of how it looks across the jersey and it says pelicans or spurs rockets whatever so heat Obviously, that's the opponent that the Pelicans will have on Christmas Day. So, um, gosh, I didn't even want to think about that. As a matter of fact, I tweeted out. I don't know if anybody saw this or not. I tweeted out a picture the other day up in Portland. The hotel we stayed in is next door to a Macy's. Actually, they're all kind of in the same building. But the storefront of Macy's was already decked out for Christmas. Of course. And I took a picture of it, and I said, October 28th. Really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Already? Um, And now we're talking about Christmas uniforms. Let's have Halloween first, okay? It's
2: kind of like Halloween, though, because I feel like now people are starting to get Halloween earlier. Like, right by I live, there's a Spirits Halloween that they turn in. They started like, in August. And one, I should probably start planning costumes in August because I attempted to go in to a Halloween store last night, and that was the biggest mistake I ever made when 80 million people are trying to get a costume.
1: Nothing like waiting until the last minute there, huh? Yeah. What I was you, busy. What did you decide on for this weekend?
2: Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think I'm going to try something with uh, some Hornets, old Hornets gear, maybe be a basketball player. But then maybe since I really don't look like a basketball player, um, my physique is not as big as a basketball player. I might put that as uh, I have cable like, you know, direct TV commercials would like, hi, I'm Tony Romo and I have direct TV and then yes. I'm Tony Romo on cable. Yes. I'm going to be a basketball player that has cable.
1: <laughs> Nicely played. Nicely played. Cause there I, I already
2: got the gear. Right. And you're going to voodoo fest tonight. I'm going to voodoo fest tonight. i am going to voodoo fest tonight Gave myself a a day where I can kind of just, this week's been long, so I'm like, you know what? I have some family in town. I've never been to Voodoo, and I've been here four years now, and I think I need to start doing some of the things that people in New Orleans do on Halloween, one of those is Voodoo.
1: All right, so Voodoo Fest, Pelicans home opener, Mm -hmm. Saints at home against the Giants. Oh, and it's Halloween.
2: you talk about coffee. Uh, Uh, It'll uh, be a good weekend. Uh, If
1: the weather would hold off, this is really kind of a bummer. We're going to get quite a bit of rain uh, tomorrow night and into Sunday. Um, and so like in my neighborhood trick-or-treating is going to be tonight I heard
2: most cities are doing yeah, that now
1: I, I think that's a smart thing but it's amazing how much news coverage this has received yeah um, so look the weather's supposed to be great tonight so you're all set with the yeah. voodoo I think trick-or-treating in my neighborhood and most around the city and, and the metro area this is a smart move um, I'm always that purist who says Halloween is Halloween we do Halloween on Halloween
2: I know I'm the same way
1: but at the same time it only comes once a year, so yeah. if, it's a, if it's a washout, if it's a bummer, then it stinks. So yeah. make an adjustment. You know
2: what the cool thing is you can do is, since it is Halloween tomorrow, it's supposed to rain, the beauty about our two teams is they both play indoors. So you can go dress up at Halloween and why don't you just come to the Pelicans and Warriors game. You're going to see one heck of a game. Yeah. And then even Sunday, if you didn't get to do a lot this weekend, you can still do it and you're indoors.
1: Yeah. Saints-Giants. I think there's, there's see, okay, here's my motto, by the way. There's no such thing as a sellout. Right. I have many reasons why I say that. There's but, some people, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there's certain ways. I mean, whether it's NFL Ticket Exchange or NBA.com or whatever. Right. So don't think that, oh, you know, the games are going to be sold out. Because both, both games right now, I think, are, if not sold out, on the brink. Mm-hmm. Um, just give it, a, give it a shot. So we'll see. It, I, I'm hoping it's a great weekend. Right. It'd be great to be back here on Monday. Get your Voodoo Fest story in. You know, trick-or-treating will be, have been a success on Friday. Yeah. It wins for the Saints and the Pelicans. And we'll just... We'll just say that on Monday and then close the show. That'd be perfect. Yeah, no guests, yeah, just holiday. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a little bit of a special edition on Monday, um, so make sure you tune in for that. we got a good one here on this Friday for you. Uh, let's get right to it. So when we come back, Kenny Albert from the NFL on Fox. will get the national perspe- perspective and uh, his information. We'll just pull it right out of him about Saints-Giants this weekend and then Sam Amick from USA Today. Kind of that early three days into the NBA season overreaction knee jerk with some insight time to panic yeah I know we'll, we'll, we'll see about that we'll see about that stay with us we'll be right back
0: the pelicans Big six plan presented by Domino's, is the opportunity to pick the games right for you ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games including a matchup against lebron james and the cleveland cavaliers Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your pick six plan today.
1: Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hand. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team at the Smoothie King Center or on the road recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights plus access to a full list of arena amenities download the pelicans app for free now on your iphone or android devices for more information check out pelicans.com today
3: from sunup to sundown there's no end to the great time you'll have at the sanderson farms championship join us november 4th through 8th at the country club of jackson for a full course of action from first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for tickets today.
0: Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today.
1: We are very lucky on Sunday to have Kenny Albert calling play-by-play for the NFL on Fox when they sink on the New York Giants. And it's a big deal for us to have him back here on the Black and Blue Report. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm
4: good, Sean. How are you?
1: I'm great. Um, We are chatting with Kenny from his hotel room here in New Orleans. Uh, uh, A man who probably sees as many hotel rooms as I do in a calendar year. Kenny, I'm curious, what's the first thing you do when you get into your hotel room on the road?
4: The first thing I should have done earlier this week, Sean, was either take a picture of the room number or write it down because uh, uh, I was in Milwaukee and had come from St. Louis and had been in Washington two days before, and I got back to the hotel and I had no idea what room I was in. So uh, that, that was a bit of an issue. had to go down to the front desk, but uh, that doesn't happen too often. Usually I'm pretty good about remembering.
1: I'm really good about the number usually, but if I'm on a long road trip and I've got multiple cities like you've had this week, Um, If I get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, per se, um, the hotel rooms are all laid out, obviously, differently. So I find myself in a bit of a panic when I don't know which direction in the dark to go toward the uh, bathroom. I'm probably sharing way too much personal information here today, but I know that you can at least sympathize with that, probably.
4: Yeah, absolutely. That, That could certainly be an issue as well.
1: I know that you've been following NFL teams all season, kind of globally. Obviously, you're concentrating on one game a week, but globally following the NFL. Um, with your first go-round with the Saints this week, Kenny, in your game prep, what did you start to learn that maybe you didn't know about the New Orleans Saints?
4: Well, really looking forward to the game this weekend, Sean. Uh, as you said, we have not seen the Saints this season, my partner Daryl Johnston and, and Laura Oakman and I, so it'll be our first look. Uh, we've had a, a, a bunch of Washington Redskins the last couple of weeks. We've seen the Giants in, in Buffalo back in week four. Um, you know, one thing I'm looking forward to is is watching some of these young players that, that we haven't seen yet. Um, know having come down here to do games for a long time you know for five or six years there was that similar core but uh, they've integrated so many young players into the lineup and to have the chance to see those guys for the first time I think it'll be a great matchup I mean two teams who have had similar seasons to this point uh, getting off to rough starts both the Saints and the Giants Saints losing their first three Giants losing their first two and now you know both teams having come on in recent weeks and there, there are so many storylines. You know, when you look at Eli Manning coming back to New Orleans, uh, Giants obviously have not had success in the couple of games that he's played down here at the Superdome. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Reuben Randall, so many guys with local connections. So it uh, should be a real fun game on Sunday.
1: You know, it's interesting about the Giants. When they, when they came out of the game with those two losses, everybody was like, oh, boy, look at this. And I look back now on those two losses, Kenny, and gosh, they were razor-thin losses. They're on a roll now with a winning record in the top of their division. Are the Giants better than maybe people are giving them credit for right now?
4: I think they are, and, and when you look back to those two games against Dallas and Atlanta, and, and I live in the New York area, so um, you know there was certainly a lot of focus on the fact that they led both of those games by double digits in the fourth quarter and, and lost both to the Cowboys and Falcons, first team in history to lose their first two games of the season after leading by 10-plus in the fourth quarter. So you know, there were some folks who thought they, they could have been uh, you know, 4-0, and 5-0 after the first four or five weeks. Um, but, you know, you can't look back and they, they've been in this situation before. You know, you think back to their 2007 uh, Super Bowl season when when they started 0-2 and, and gave up a lot of points, and ironically that was Steve Spagnuolo's first year. A guy that, uh, you know, Saints fans obviously know pretty well. That was his first year as Giants defensive coordinator and they had their issues. They gave up 80 points the first two weeks in '07, 7 and then turned things around and this year, uh, similar. Spagnolo comes back and doesn't know a lot of the guys. So many new faces on this Giants defense who weren't here during his first stint uh, before he left for St. Louis and New Orleans and Baltimore. And um, similar issues those first two weeks, and then they turn it around. But I think you know they've been going through injuries like like every team has, like the Saints have, and you know, missing a number of key guys uh, on defense. And you know Beckham has been in and out of the lineup with with hamstring issues, and, and Victor Cruz hasn't played this season, and. Some offensive linemen have been banged up. So uh, they've, they've gotten through it, you know, in first place, like you said. And uh, the fact that Dallas has lost Tony Romo and Des Bryant has certainly helped, uh, you know, and, and then Philadelphia going through their struggles early and, and Washington. I mean, we, we worked their game last Sunday against Tampa Bay and, and still amazed they were able to come back and win after trailing 24 nothing. If the Redskins lose that game, drop to 2-5 and five, heading into a bye week and then New England coming up, but instead they have three wins and they're right back in the division race, just a game behind the Giants as well.
1: Takeaways are such a big stat in the NFL and of course anytime you ask any coach or player what a key to the game is, it's, it certainly comes up. I'm looking at the Giants' defensive numbers and, and most of them don't overwhelm you by any means, but yet they take the football away. And here in these two most recent wins for the New Orleans Saints, they're winning the takeaway battle as well. So When I I look at both teams that that say they're trending in the right direction, gosh, I can't help, Kenny, but point to the ability to stop another team by having a momentum play like a fumble recovery or an interception with regard to these two clubs. Well,
4: absolutely, Sean, and and whenever you talk to coaches in the NFL, you know, that's one of the first things they bring up. If we win the takeaway battle, odds are we win the game, and, and, you know, the, the percentage gets greater. If you're a plus one, plus two, plus three, you know, plus four, you hardly ever lose, and... Uh, you're right, both these teams have benefited the last few weeks. The Giants are a plus 10. They lead the league. Uh, they scored both a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown So uh, last week in their win against Dallas. So I think that will be a big part of it. You know, It's always something that Rob Ryan emphasizes, and uh, the numbers are there. If you win the takeaway battle, you have a, a pretty good chance to win the game. I think I read this week the Saints under Sean Payton, when they don't turn the ball over in a game, they've never lost. Mm-hmm. They're 29-0 under sean when when not committing a turnover so I, I think you look at that and some of the other numbers and that's why it's emphasized by coaches uh, week in and week out
1: kenny albert from the nfl on fox here with us uh, on the black and blue report kenny let me throw a little curveball at you here i've been asking about what you do know let me ask you about what you don't know um what what don't you know and what questions do you need to ask as you meet with the two teams over the next 48 hours prior to the game on sunday
4: well, that's a great question, and and looking forward to going in uh, to meet with the Saints today and then the Giants tomorrow. So hopefully we'll figure out what we don't know. Um, you know, we we do our work uh, Monday through Thursday on our own and then come together. So always look forward to hear what what Moose's thoughts are, uh, Daryl Johnston, when he uh, when we you know come together on Fridays. So um, I, I guess the the best way to answer that is we don't know what we don't know, and, no. and we'll find out uh, when we meet with the coaches today and tomorrow. And I look forward to getting it going on Sunday.
1: How do you start the conversation, usually, in seeking that knowledge that you don't know yet?
4: Well, Sean's great. I mean, he's one of the, you know, of all the coaches we've talked to. Um, he, he pretty much takes the depth chart and and goes down each starter and gives you a little tidbit on every guy. So, you know, not not all coaches do that. Not all of them have the time to do that, but he's always one of the guys that we really look forward to seeing. So he'll kind of give a an overview on, on – each of the starters and some of the key defensive players, and then, and then we go from there. And You know, we all watch the tape and the film during the week, so, you know, you, you talk about matchups and, and what they might be looking for against the Giants, and um, you know, that, that's kind of the way we start the meeting.
1: Kenny, you're one of our favorites. Not only do we hope that you have a great weekend here and uh, a lot of good conversation, but we look forward to your call on Sunday, and as always, I appreciate you doing this for us on the Well, Friday. Sean,
4: I look forward to it. look forward to seeing you, and uh, we actually have the Saints again in two weeks in Washington, so... It uh, should be fun to see them for the first time this Sunday and then again up
1: to D.C. I hope that you'll grace us again, sir, and I'll see you later today. Anytime. thank you. You got it. Kenny Albert with us from the NFL on Fox. We'll continue on the Black and Blue Report this Friday in
5: just a moment. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day too. And with health centers all over greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website and once you become an auctioner patient you'll be able to do even more online like email your doctors see test results and refill your prescriptions all with a simple click make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866 auctioner auctioner healthcare with peace of mind
3: Four is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new immune builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2000% of your daily vitamin C and all natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange immune builder smoothie today, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackey, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go, Pelicans! All right, welcome back to
1: the Black and Blue Report. Of course, we're getting ready for football this weekend, but then the Pelicans have their own home opener tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center, and they'll play the Golden State Warriors again. Uh, and of course, now we've got three days of NBA basketball in the books, and so with that, Let's bring in Sam Amick from USA Today and just have a great overreaction Friday. What do you think, Sam? Three days' worth? We can probably plot everything out from here, right?
6: you got to love it. Every single year, Sean, this is what we do. You know, one team that comes to mind is the Knicks. They come out of the gate like gangbusters and have a really nice win against the Bucks, And then, you know, they lose against the Hawks, and some of that buzz goes away really quickly. And you see that across the league. But, uh, you know, this is all we have to react to so far, so, you know, so be it.
1: Has there been enough fun, though, in the first three days? Like, what really jumps out at you?
6: There has been. I mean, you're always kind of a prisoner of the moment in terms of what games you're at. So when I saw you in Oakland, Warriors-Pelicans, um, Steph Curry scoring 23 in the first 12 minutes, and I thought really sending a strong message to the league at large that after a summer in which most of the talk was about LeBron and the Cavs and even AD out your way and Kevin Durant the Thunder, I thought Seth kind of got lost in all of that chatter, and then he, you know, on day one he comes out looking like the reigning MVP. So that was big. I thought, uh, you know, I know I mentioned the Knicks thing already. Uh, that was interesting. You know, the Bulls to jump to the East a little bit. Mm-hmm. This whole thing with uh, Joe Kim Noah and, and did he want to come off the bench? Did he not want to come off the bench? He got a little mini controversy early on. So yeah, I mean, it's only been a few days. We already have plenty to to write about, to talk about.
1: Yeah, no doubt. The Cavaliers will play again tonight against LeBron's old team, and and here everybody's talking about LeBron James' back. What are you hearing about the Cavaliers in that situation?
6: Well, I mean, he's had back stuff of different degrees and varieties for years, and it's just not a good way for them to kick things off. You know, they were already – this is months in the making in terms of Kevin Love trying to get healthy, Kyrie Irving trying to get healthy, and – just trying to put all these different pieces together, they were like the the what-if champions unofficially in the NBA. What if Kyrie had been there and Kevin and Iman Shumpert? And so I think obviously they wanted to start their season with checking all those boxes, right, and, and showing the world what they are now and what they can be going forward. But that's just not the case. So with LeBron, um, it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, it's just nobody – is as important to their team uh, in the entire league, I think, than LeBron. So him being a little bit battered and bruised is certainly not a good way for them to start.
1: You saw the Pelicans play on Tuesday. It was a loss to the Golden State. Then they went out and lost to Portland the next night. So they're they're back home in 0-2 with still 80 games to play. I, you know, that's one thing about the NBA. As you mentioned, you can overreact to the moment. Um, and you can also read a lot into it. I, don't get me wrong. Um, but what did you see? with regard to the Pelicans, and, and what is this going to be like for them in your eyes over these first couple of weeks with without all the pieces in place?
6: It's tough. I mean, they they showed so much promise late last year and in the playoffs, and I think it's just one of those teams that everybody was excited to see them take that next step. But kind of like the Cavs, it's just not a good way to start the year. And I caught up with Tyreek Evans when you guys rolled through Oakland and was checking in with him about his new situation and it sounds, you know, he's going to be out for a while, and that's really, really big. That guy's a creator, and I think the way he fits with Anthony is great, and, you know, their kind of driving kick offense and, and then feeding Anthony like never before can be really good. And with Alvin's new system, it just – but they don't have the pieces right now. And you got Drew Holiday essentially being available, you know, almost half the time, a little bit more than that. It's a lot to deal with for a team – that is up against it in the context of the West. You know, this is a team that snuck in at the eighth spot, and I had them certainly as a playoff team this year. But every game matters, and so you got the Warriors at home. Obviously, you're running a serious risk of being 0-3 playing a team like that. I think Orlando comes after the Warriors, Mm -hmm. but it's it's a tough way to get things rolling.
1: Sam, let me ask you this, And, and part of the lens that I'm looking through here is that the Pelicans have, at the moment, the hardest strength of schedule through the first two months of the season it becomes exponentially easier after January 1. But, you know, with with regard to teams and their starts and working through a time, because everybody's going to have injuries at some point, um, how how big of a hole is too big of a hole? I mean, what do, what do the Pelicans have to watch out for as far as being able to keep their head above water to make a push when everybody does come back? Well,
6: I don't know how big of a hole is too big. It's tough to gauge that right now. The one thing in their favor to me is that as I broke down the West going into the season, the Pelicans were one of six teams that I had slotted for the playoffs. Um, I think I'm remembering that correctly. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a, a little bit of wiggle room because teams like Phoenix have fallen off and Dallas has fallen off and Portland. Uh, that was the tough part about game number two, right? Because Portland is, is a little bit of a wild card here. I mean, if that's anything close to what we're going to see out of that team this year and CJ McCollum is going to be a breakout star, then the West gets a whole lot more interesting because the Blazers were not in that discussion in terms of teams that were fighting for those last couple of playoff spots. It was the Jazz. It was even Sacramento. The Lakers want to be in on that mix. Um, but if Portland is part of it, it, it gets a lot more pressure packed. And to your initial question, that's where for the Pelicans, I think the device the, uh, the grips are a little tighter early on here than anybody thought they would be.
1: Interesting. Interesting. And then, you know, but then who knows, and that's the you've been doing this so long now. If you'd have told me last year that Oklahoma City would be beset by as many injuries as they were, and then subsequently yep. out of the playoffs, um, I, in the first week of the regular season, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, yeah. So there's always that unknown, that wild card. Um, do you even dare try to predict you know, what would be catastrophic for any given team across the league, or does everybody have that, that level of danger looming at any time?
6: No, everybody has it. I mean, that's why – you know, I did some Lakers stuff a while back, talking to Mitch Kupchak, and people were they were getting a lot of criticism for even talking about making the playoffs, people thinking they were delusional that their team is not there. Yes, Kobe's coming back, but we don't really know what their young guys are yet. And Kupchak's point was kind of like you're saying, Sean, that there is always something that we don't see coming. And you mentioned the Thunder. We didn't see that coming. It wasn't just one guy. It was both their star guys. And the Cavs ended up having their stuff and other teams as well. So that is the part where, you know, we'll talk and yap and, and try to analyze this stuff all the way through, but that day's going to come where we're all going to be sitting there going, Oh man, that's just too, too too bad for this team. I can't believe that happened. You just don't know what the names are going to be and what the team, you know, who the team is going to be.
1: Sam Amick with us from USA today, covers the NBA for us all over the country. And, uh, primarily we see him out West, but we're going to drag him down here to New Orleans at some point. Um, he and, yeah, have to, to yeah, out there. he and Jeff Jeff will have to argue about that. Um, Sam, let me ask you this before we wrap up today. Uh, you know, last year the hot topic at the end of the year was how we were going to seed the playoffs or how that should be done. Should we get rid of the conferences or the divisions? And there was some fix to that um, in the offseason, obviously. Uh, is there another issue, though, that, that will be a storyline this season that you see under the surface that you can prognosticate or give us some indication of what, what will be next? You know, um, to give you another example, or at least give you an idea of what I'm asking is, you know, last year they tried to adjust to where maybe you would cut down on the four games and five nights, that kind of a thing. So what's next and under the surface that will affect our game across the board?
6: Well, that was kind of the direction I was going. You mentioned the schedule, and I think I wouldn't be surprised that the schedule tweaks don't continue. They were pretty proud of the adjustments they made, and by they, I mean the NBA and the folks who the slave over the schedule they this is an unprecedented amount of efficiency and really kind of a weird word to put on it but compassion in terms of the athletes all right give them a little more of a breather less four and five nights more time during the all-star break that's the theme and it's no coincidence sean that it's leading up to the summer of 2017 where i think that adam silver and rightly so is sending a real strong message that he is an advocate for the players. He does not want to go into, and for folks who don't know, that's the summer where the collective bargaining agreement, both sides, players and owners, have an opt-out and are widely expected to opt out of the deal. And then the question becomes, do they strike a new deal or is there a lockout? I think from Silver, to have years' worth of momentum of a track record and evidence to show that he's doing everything he can to strike the right balance between running a booming business and making the most of these talents of these players, but also thinking about them and what makes life best and easiest for them. And so far, I think he's doing a really nice job. So I don't know specifically what the next thing will be, but that thread, I think that sentiment is going to be there all the way through.
1: Last question is this, uh, and great point, by the way, leading up to 2017. And I'm hoping, knock on wood, I've been talking to players here recently about where they stand on things um, that we can avoid the lockout. Um, on a much lighter note, uh, Austin Rivers is fined for throwing a seat cushion that ends up hitting a fan. Uh, worst thing you've been hit by in covering an NBA game, or have you ever been struck by an object coming from the floor or bench area?
6: And you got no idea. That's how great of a question that is because i got two quick things for you. For one, my only story that comes to mind about getting hit, I covered the Kings, as you know, and they had a group. You know how a lot of folks talk about this thing? group and the personalities, DeMarcus Cuttons, Rayon Rondo, guys like that. Well, back in the day, it was Ron Artest and Bonzi Wells in the same locker room. Oh, my. And, yeah, and it was a, it was a, a, a bear of a team to cover. I loved Ron. Bonzi and I did not get along very well. And so as I walked out onto the floor one day, and I don't know what I had written the day before, Bonzi didn't like it. And I was going to the scorer's table. This is pregame. as guys are shooting around. And I got smacked, not right in the back of the head, but in the back with the ball. And as I turned, you know, lo and behold, nobody took credit for it. And I noticed Bonzi Wells walking through the tunnel back into the locker room. And uh, you know, so that was uh, that was the one and only time that I think it was a, you know, a, a not so subtle shot at uh, something I'd written. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the Austin Rivers thing though I was at that game. Oh. And. Yeah, and it's actually, it's kind of funny. If you go look at the video, Sean, you can actually pick me out. So I'm sitting there talking to somebody in the front row, and the way where they have us seated is behind the visitor's bench, and you've seen that setup. So I'm standing up during a break in the action, talking to a fan in the front row, and as we're talking, his friend keeps interrupting us, and the guy kept putting him off. Like, man, I'm talking, I'm talking. Well, he was trying to tell him, like, did you see what just happened? And so I didn't actually see the incident. All I saw was I looked up and this woman had uh, an eye that was really red. It was obviously bothering her. And it bothered her for like an hour. You know, she got smacked really good by this session, And then it was a trip to see everything unfold from there. You had team officials coming over. And as you can imagine, their first instincts were probably, all right, how can we make her happy and make this whole thing go away? And. Um, but I think once people started tweeting about it and they grew from there, it just wasn't going to go away. But, uh, you know, I I feel a little bit for Austin. He shouldn't have done it. If you watch the video, I mean, it's about as unintentional of a brutal throw as you'll ever come across. He flings the thing, and it goes a good 30, 40 feet and just nails this lady square between the eyes. So it was a little... 30
1: to 40 feet. Let's see. He... He's, at the, he's on the bench,
6: yep. um, and you can see I'm trying to – I mean, I think 30 is, is not a, an exaggeration because he goes underhand, he punches the cushion, and he flings it as he's leaning over, as you can visualize, looking down at the ground and, and almost throwing it like a boomerang. Yep. And, and I think that he simply thought it was going to catch something on the lower end and it come to a halt because uh, he looked right head turned right he looks the opposite direction of where he's throwing and he looks right throws left and this puppy just soars and even with the camera have you looked at the video oh yeah
1: no i've seen it yeah and having been there i know exactly how that's all laid out yes yeah but i mean even with that camera shot which
6: is really really far away it helps that the lady is extremely light skinned he's a white woman and her head just jolts back i mean she got nailed and uh and so, again, they tried to, you know, they, they tended to her. And then, like Austin has said, they even brought her back to the locker room and, and she was hanging out. She had a few friends and family with her. I think it was like four of them in the group. So they were trying to mend fences, but once the league hears about it, and you know, that's obviously not good for anybody. You don't want to be going to a game and getting plunked by anything, even if it was an accident. So I understand why the league did what they did.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it makes sense on, on every level. And, you know, there's some knuckleheadedness to it, and there's some, you know, man, that probably didn't go the way I thought it would. I mean, all that right. All of that makes sense. That's for sure. Well, I can't believe I asked that question. But nailed, uh, every once in a while, I'll hit one good there, Sam. So. <laughs> um, enjoy the games tonight and this weekend. We'll uh, hopefully see you soon. We're back out west uh, next month, so maybe we'll catch up again there.
6: You got it. Thanks, John.
1: See Sam good. Amick from USA Today with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Boy, it's been a great Friday. We'll wrap things up here on this podcast in just a moment.
3: From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for tickets today.
0: He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly. And this is the Black and Blue Report.
1: I'm really glad I asked Sam Amick now about the Austin Rivers Sea Cushion incident. Obviously that has a local connection with us. Since Austin Rivers started with the Hornets then Pelicans. I'm try I I for whatever reason I can't remember what year we went from Hornets to Pelicans. It was like two years ago. Eleven I think 12-13. Yeah, well, last year was the first year, right? No, last year was the second year. Exactly. So whenever I refer to a player that we've had, I can't figure out if they're a former Hornet, Hornet slash Pelican, or do I just say former New Orleans player? I've been trying
2: to do that, and it doesn't work. I can't get it down yet. So
1: uh, bear with me on that. Thanks to Sam Amick, of course, from USA Today, Kenny Albert from the NFL on Fox. Uh, Kenny will also have the Saints in two weeks, by the way. I want to say they've got – is that Washington in two Washington, weeks? Washington, yeah. Um, so I'm sure we'll hear back from him. Have a great time at Voodoo Fest tonight. Thank you. Yes. I'll try. Um, and by the way, if you missed last night's Alvin Gentry show on the radio, I think you can catch that now at Pelicans.com. It's, it's up. Um, so check that out. Um, good stuff there from Coach Gentry. I Sometimes, well, we're, we're getting to know each other still in an interview
2: setting. So Which
1: I love is now a surprise. Airplanes
2: or interview settings. The
1: last two have been on the airplane, yes. If you could only see us record that on the team charter in the middle of the night, now that would be a podcast. I'm just waiting for a like the seatbelt fasten
2: sign to pop up in the background and hear the stewardess talking about it and <laughs> stuff like that. We're trying to post a radio
1: show here. It, it, it could happen. It could happen. Um, what we need to happen, though, is wins for the Pelicans and the Saints this weekend, and we'll have a great visit on Monday. We hope that you'll join us. Thanks again to all of you for listening this week. Help us spread the word, won't you? It's no appointment radio. It's for you, the fans of the Saints and the Pelicans. We hope that you have a great time this weekend. Hope that you can somehow stay dry a little bit and uh, be able to cheer on your teams. With that being said, we'll say goodbye. Daniel, Goodbye. out of trouble this weekend. I'll try. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you next time here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. TUNE IN EACH WEEKDAY AT 12 P.M. OR AT YOUR CONVENIENCE EXCLUSIVELY ONLINE AT NewOrleansSaints.com AND PELICANS.COM. FOLLOW YOUR TEAMS DIRECT FROM THE SOURCE. THE BLACK AND BLUE REPORT.